Man, haven't y'all been enjoying the start to 2020? Pastor Ben's messages on one life to live. They've been incredible. I mean, you could not have started off a year with, uh, with some more powerful, encouraging, challenging messages. And, uh, when Pastor Ben actually asked me to speak this week, uh, again, honored and humbled as always to get to share this platform, uh, with him and, uh, this platform that Pastor Terry has built up over decades. Just incredibly humbled to get to do that. But when he asked me to speak, he said, you know, I want you to speak about, you know, just whatever God's speaking to you, just whatever topic, whatever message you want to talk about. And I said, honestly, I've been loving this series so much. Can we do one more? Okay. So I'm going to ask you all this morning. Can we do one more? Is that okay? All right. If you had said no, I'm sorry. I already, this is, it's printed. I can't erase it. Okay. But too bad if you said no this morning, but, uh, I'm excited. Uh, so far he's talked, I just love that idea. What he talked about having focus on that one year to live. What if, what if somebody came up to you and he said, you know, you've got, uh, 10 years, you've got one year, you've got one month, you've got one week. Wouldn't it change the way that we live our lives? And it comes from uh, that scripture in uh, Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I absolutely love that because it says, teach us. It means it doesn't come natural, right? It doesn't come natural to us to be thinking about the finite number of days that we have, right? We, we're making plans, making plans, making plans, making plans until something comes in that shakes up our plans. Teach us to number our days so we can gain a heart of wisdom. And if we did number our days, we would do the important things. That's what Pastor Ben's been talking about these first three weeks. Week one, he talked about perspective, about making the most out of every moment. Remember, he talked about being present everywhere that we are. The week two, he talked about purpose, about leaving a legacy, doing everything we do with God's purpose in the midst of, in the midst of it. And then last week, just incredible message on priorities on doing what really matters. I absolutely love that. And I just want to kind of dovetail, just dive right in with exactly what he's been talking about. And today, what I want to talk to you about is patterns. I want to talk to you about patterns. Because I want to take that perspective, the purpose, the priorities, everything that we've talked about the first three weeks, and how do we put them into practice in a daily pattern in our lives? Day after day after day, after day, after day. Because the reality is this, patterns have power. Turn to somebody next to you say, patterns have power. I'm not talking about flannel, okay? I'm not talking about that kind of pattern. I'm talking about your daily habits, the things that you do, whether you choose to or it's just come second nature to you day after day after day after day. Everybody's got a pattern. And patterns have power. Patterns have power. Let me give you a, a real world example that's it's true to every single one of us. It's relevant to every single one of us in here about the power of patterns. Right now, where you're sitting, in your chair, you are a human being. Everyone say yes. Okay. All right. And the average human being, okay, has about 37 trillion cells in your body. You're a trillionaire. You didn't even know it. Okay. You got 37 trillion cells, a few trillion more for you tall people and a few trillion less for us short people. Okay. But you've got trillions of cells in your body. And the amazing thing about that 
those trillions of cells. Let me be a biology teacher to you this morning, okay? I don't have a biology degree, but I took biology in high school, okay? So this is bound to be good. Um, You have 37 trillion cells in your body, but you started with just one. Just one. That you need a microscope to see. Just one. And when you started, it was because 23 chromosomes from your mom, 23 chromosomes from your dad came together and formed your own unique, what we call, what is it everybody? DNA. DNA is like it's it's you know it's in the the, the police shows and everything like that and it's kind of like mystified it's like but what DNA really is let me I'm gonna just take the curtain back okay DNA is nothing more than a pattern and the way you got from one cell to two cells is in that one pattern of DNA it's three billion steps long so it's a long pattern. But it's a pattern of these four, what they call, uh, genetic bases. If you guys remember from biology in high school, A, G, C, and T, adenine, guanine, cytosine, thymine, anybody? Is there any biology people? Did I get that? Did I say that right? Did I say, any biology people? Did I say that right? There we go. All right. Give me an A plus this morning. Okay. But it's three billion steps long of different combinations of just these four things. And so to get from one cell to two cells, the pattern of DNA, it's split in two, and then the pattern repeated. And then to get from two cells to four cells, it's split, and the pattern repeated. And then to get from four, I'm not good at math, but to get from there to 37 trillion is a lot of repeating. So the way you got from your beginning to where you are right now is the result of a pattern. Isn't there's power in patterns. There's power in and on the flip side of that coin, unfortunately so many times with a lot of diseases that either come about through genetics or cancer things like that, it's because another pattern becomes present and it repeats and repeats and repeats. So there's power in patterns either to grow us or to harm us. There's power in patterns to progress us or to regress us. There's power in patterns. There's power in patterns to move you forward or to hold you back. There's power in patterns. And the same thing is true in the spiritual. The same thing is true in the spiritual. There's power in patterns to either move you forward or to hold you back. Can you imagine in 2020 with this one life to live, this focus on numbering our days, if we... Can you imagine in 2020 the growth that we would see if we truly committed to having the the right spiritual patterns present in our life? The growth that we would see. And on the flip side, every single one of us already has a pattern in place. There's no telling where the pattern has come from. A lot of times there's... We've got to fight against some negative spiritual patterns that are already present in our life. That either have been we picked up along the way or maybe they've been imprinted upon us by our family, by role models that we looked up to. But so many times we got to fight against the negative spiritual patterns that are in our lives. 
So many times we refer to them with a lot of churchy language like, you know, bondage and addiction and all these things. But the reality is, is at the end of the day, I think we could all say something very similar, which is, well, it's just a pattern. And it just keeps repeating. It's just a pattern and there's no way out of it. It's just a pattern. There's power in patterns to grow us or to harm us. But the reality also is true about this with patterns is that patterns by their nature are predictable. Patterns by their nature are predictable. So if you if we all agree, we all have a pattern. We all have a spiritual pattern in our life. I'm going to tell you something. You can predict your future by looking at the spiritual patterns that you already have in your life. The minute that one cell of DNA that was under a microscope, if somebody would look at all those three billion sets of information who knew how to read DNA, which we're not quite there yet. But if God looked at that DNA, somebody who knows could look at it and say, well, they're going to have blue eyes from the one cell. They just say, oh, they're going to have brown hair or blonde hair or no hair. Can I get an amen, right? Because they would look at the pattern and see where it's going. Because patterns are predictable. Now look what the Bible says about patterns. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't take the form and the shape and look like the way that the world does things. Because can I tell you something? Patterns are predictable. And when we follow the pattern of the world, we're going to get what the world gets. Amen. When you follow the pattern of the world, you get what the world gets. But it says instead, don't conform, don't take their form. But it said be transformed by the renewing or literally the changing of your mind. Some of us need to look at maybe the pattern that we've been walking in and set, change our minds and say, that's really not been working out for me. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will, what God's pattern is for your life, what His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to declare something this morning. No matter where your spiritual, your negative spiritual patterns have come from in your life, today can be the day that the old pattern breaks today can be the day that the old pattern breaks that you're transformed and a new pattern forms the bible says in second corinthians 5 17 one of my absolute favorite verses it says if anyone is in christ he's a new creation the old has passed away the old pattern the old way of doing things the old feelings the old emotions they're gone Behold, the new has come. No matter what your pattern is, today can be the day of change. I love what Paul says. He says the old has passed away. And that old, it's the, the Bible is written in Greek. And so that word the old, like the old what? The, it's, it's archaeos is the old, um, is the Greek word. And it, it's where we, if, in case you already have heard it, it's from uh, where the word archaeology comes from. Archaic. Ancient is what he's saying. I love that because he looks at our sins. He looks at our mistakes. He looks at our patterns and he says, all that stuff, 
for a Christian, that's that's ancient history. It's ancient history. It has no bearing on you. It has nothing to do with you. And even more so, it's passed away. Some of us have these patterns imprinted on us, even though we're new creations, even though we believe in Jesus, even though we know that we're new creations. And sometimes we keep falling back into the rut, falling back into the pattern, and we keep reliving our ancient history, even though we know that we shouldn't. We know that it's a mistake. But I want to declare something to you today. It's not just an old structure that's still in your neighborhood. Paul says the old has passed away, is killed, is demolished, it's done for. You don't have to keep going in that building anymore. You don't keep having to keep walking that road anymore. It says the old has passed away and the new has come. If anyone's in Christ, it says he is a new creation. Uh, speaking of science and nerdy things, um, I want to talk about a little bit more about DNA. Okay, so check this out. Um, you guys ever seen a butterfly? Who likes butterflies? Where are we at? All right. All right. Deep male. Amen. I love butterflies. All right. <laughs> um, so butterflies are awesome. They're beautiful. They're amazing. But when they start out, they're not butterflies. They're caterpillars. And they're gross and chubby. And they eat everything. Okay? It's, it's like offensive linemen. Okay? They're just... The cool thing about butterflies, though, and, and caterpillars... And check this out. Okay? They have what they call a metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Which basically means to change your shape. Change, change your form. A metamorphosis. And what happens is the, the caterpillar, living his caterpillar life, okay? He goes into the cocoon and he comes out as a butterfly after like a month or so. And they, they actually, they took like x-rays. They, they've started doing this new thing where they can like actually look in the cocoon as the butterfly is forming. And so for so many years, we thought that like caterpillar went in. For, first, they thought that like the butterfly like ate the caterpillar. And then like, you know, like it put its egg in the caterpillar and it came out. That's what they thought. But then they were like, okay, maybe the caterpillar just goes in there, does like some burpees and works out, gets skinny, you know. Then like does like a few million years of evolution and wings pop out in like a month. That's what they thought. But you know what they found out recently? Because they've looked in, they've been able to x-ray, not x-ray, but whatever the thing that's not x-ray that you could see in, okay? Again, honors biology in high school, everybody. There you go. That is public education for you. Okay. Um, but they've looked inside the cocoon as the caterpillar is changing into a butterfly. He doesn't have a home gym in there. He's not... The, the wings aren't just like growing out of his back like some scary movie, you know? Like it's not... What actually happens is, is the caterpillar melts. That's disgusting, right? <laughs> okay. The caterpillar in the cocoon turns into like a soup of hormones and proteins and all sorts of just... It's just... It's a soup. The caterpillar actually dies in the cocoon. And when the butterfly comes out, it says it's actually like a brand new creature. 
And this is how it works. It says the DNA of the caterpillar slash butterfly actually contains almost two different strands of DNA. It's one to one thing. But for the caterpillar's life, there's a half of its DNA that's called butterfly DNA that's asleep, inactive. The caterpillar never follows that pattern. And when it goes into the cocoon, what happens is it dies and the caterpillar half of the DNA dies, becomes silent, and it doesn't follow that DNA anymore. It follows the new pattern and it becomes something brand new. You're a new creation. I want to tell you that this morning. You don't have to follow the old pattern anymore. You're a brand new creation and you can follow that pattern of a new creation. And that leads to that second point of what I want to talk about. There's power in patterns. And the second thing is this, is that there are patterns that can lead you into God's presence. There are habits that you can do, things that you can do that will not save you. You cannot get to heaven by works and habits, but these things can lead you into God's presence day after day after day after day. I mean, I don't know about you, but one of the reasons I love coming into church is I love coming into God's presence. I love worship time and just getting all together and singing and lifting him up and getting in his presence together. There is nothing like it. His presence is so good. And what we try to do at Victory is we try to make an atmosphere on Sundays that makes you hungry for God's presence Monday through Saturday. Hungry for his presence Monday through Saturday because it is possible for you to get in his presence Monday through Saturday. And I know some of you guys who are smarty pants out there right now are thinking like, well, God's everywhere. Why do I need to get in his presence if he's everywhere? To that, I will say, good question. Thank you for asking. God is everywhere. He is in this room. He is at your house. He's even in the bathroom, everybody. He's everywhere. God is everywhere. But in 2020, of all years, in this generation of all times, I really shouldn't have to have to explain how you can be in someone's presence and still not really be in their presence. In 2020, I believe we all know that you can be in the same room as somebody but not be experiencing who they are or their personality or their abilities or what it really means to be with them. Am I right? Hey, God's presence is so good. And so what we need to do is we need to commit and have a lifestyle of seeking after his presence, have a pattern In our lives, a powerful pattern of seeking after his presence, because there are patterns that can lead you into God's presence. There are patterns that can lead you into God's presence, because the Bible says a whole lot about being in his presence. If you're new at this whole church thing or Christianity, there's a whole lot that the Bible says about being in God's presence. 
I don't have time to cite all the verses right now, but it says that in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Not just everyday joy, complete joy. It says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom in His presence, in His location, where He is, there is freedom. The Bible says that God is not just loving, it says that God is love. The Bible says that God isn't just our Prince of Peace, He doesn't carry around peace, it says that He is our peace. So where He is, where His presence is, there's complete joy, there's complete love, there's complete peace, there is complete freedom. All things that if on December 31st, 2019, you were making your New Year's resolution, I was like, hey, 2020, you want some more peace? Hey, uh, this one year to live. 2020, you want some, you want some, a little more freedom? Anybody want a little more joy and love and freedom? If I asked any one of us in here this morning, let's be real. Every single one of us would say yes. How do I get it? Where do I go? How much does it cost? Why didn't you tell me sooner? <laughs> in his presence, we can find all these things. So in 2020, if we've if we're focusing on what's really, truly important. If we're focusing on what's really, truly important, we want to see these things come to pass in our lives. We've got to commit to the patterns that can lead us there. Not not just the, again, not saying that you can do something and be saved by it. But I'm saying if you want to get somewhere, you got to follow the right road. And so these three things that I want to share with you this morning, they're not groundbreaking. They're not going to nobody's going to say, I didn't know that was a good thing. But hopefully this morning, it's going to be an encouragement to you to make it a pattern. Turn to somebody next to you and say, patterns have power. So the first pattern in our lives that we got to put there is conversation with God. we got to speak with God and have God speak with us every day. Because I want to be real with you. There's power in reading your Bible one time. There is power in praying to God one time. But I'm going to tell you something. Consistency compounds. Consistency compounds. So I want to tell you something. When you read and you get a word from God and then the very next day, what you read built on the thing that you just read and then you got a deeper revelation and then you're, you're going even further and God's speaking more and more and more and more and more to you. And day after day after day after day after day after day, and His Word and His wisdom and His love and His power is coming to you through His Word and you're praying and getting deeper and deeper in your relationship, I want to tell you something. There's power in that pattern. Amen. There is power in that pattern. This is something very personal to me, very important to me because this is something that honestly for all my life as a Christian was not necessarily a pattern. But I, the thing was I loved God's Word and I loved... I, I mean, I, I was on fire. And the thing was I was really, really good at finding time for God. I was really good at finding time for God. But I want to tell you something. When you get older, and more children keep appearing in your house. Y'all know how they get there, right? Okay. 
But when you get older and you got more kids, it's a whole lot harder to find time. It's a lot easier to lose time, right? I mean, it's 2020 already, everybody. Come on. And so I got to a place in January of 2018 where I was like, I'm tired. I'm not finding time anymore. It wasn't that I'm some super Christian. I was like, I'm committing to this. It was I was desperate for a word from God. And I knew I needed it day after day after day after day. And we all need to get to the place where we need to number our days and realize the importance of getting a word from God every single day. Because I want to be real with you. What I did, I'm not a morning person. I'm not. But I committed to starting to wake up more days than not at 5 o'clock in the morning and seek God. Because all the children that appear don't appear at 5 in the morning, okay? Can I get an amen, right? But I'm going to tell you something. In those mornings that I spend with God, man, I get a word from God. And there's days, can I be real as a preacher this morning? There's days where I don't necessarily get some big, huge revelation. The clouds don't part. The angels, the choir angels doesn't start singing at five o'clock. Nobody sing at five o'clock in the morning. Even the angels are like, well, what are you doing awake? But even, look, we, we all need a word from God every day. But I want to tell you something. This is what Jesus says about God's word. He says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I'm going to tell you something. You might be confused by what you read in God's word that day. You may not understand it completely. Not, I don't think the Pope even understands everything completely, okay? I think we all agree with that. <laughs> But you don't have to be some religious scholar. You can read it and, not, and be confused. But look, we live in 2020 where back in the day, if you had a question, you used to have to get in your car, drive to church, and then knock on Pastor Terry's office door. Now you can, you can DM the church Facebook or send us an email straight from the app that you're reading the Bible from. Like if you've got questions, you can ask them, okay? But the, the reality is this, is that you don't just need it just to have a word from God. You need it the way you need your breakfast. You need a word from God, just not just for those big moments. You need God's words now to get through the day. Man, not every meal is going to be Ruth's Chris. Some of your meals going to be tuna sandwich. Y'all like he's talking about Leviticus, isn't he? No, I happen to love Leviticus. Thank you very much. But the point is this, is that you need it to survive. You need it to get through the day. Bible study gives us that word from God and prayer is the opportunity to speak with him and listen. I love it. Y'all, some of y'all are like, look, we have the 21 days of prayer. It's an hour of prayer. I don't have an hour of a day to give to prayer. I got too much stuff to do already. Look what Martin Luther said about prayer. I love it. I got so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. Just gonna leave that right there. Uh, the second thing is relationship with God's people. Patterns have power. Conversation with God. The second thing is relationship with God's people. We do that here at Victory through small groups. 
You can also do it through texting someone on your phone. Okay, it's revolutionary. Okay, calling someone on your phone, but have a relationship with God's people. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Having a real relationship with someone who believes in God, who can pray with you, put their arms around you, where you can take your mask off and be real with somebody. Look, we confess our sins to God for forgiveness. But we confess our sins to each other for healing. If you want... You want forgiveness. You want to have an eternity in heaven. That's right. Yes, we confess our sins to God. But look, if you want to be healed from that, you need to bear your heart and tell somebody. You are only as strong as your secrets. Somebody need to hear that this morning. Okay, you're only as strong as your secrets. And I'm going to be real with you. Sunday morning when we say, take a break, it's not the opportune time to do that. You know, Good morning, how you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty terrible actually right now. And uh, I've been really dealing with this temptation. Whoa, okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. This is Louisiana, everybody. When somebody asks, how you doing? You just say good and move on, right? That's a ridiculous example, but the the reality is this, is that you need brothers and sisters who you have a relationship with, not just in the two minutes here on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday. That you can be real with, that you can wrap your arms around, that you can pray over, that you can encourage, that you can build up. Pray for them. Be prayed for by them. Because the reality is, is in this life, with the patterns that we've got, we've all got our blind spots. And so many times it's our own Patterns that are hardest to see. Am I right? Has anybody ever come up to you and told you something of an idea that they've got for a business? And just right off the bat, like I said, patterns are predictable. You're like, that's not a good idea. Or they come up with their new boyfriend or girlfriend. They play video games for a living, right? And you're like, oh. Right? There's patterns that play out. All the teenage guys in here are like, what's wrong with that? It's actually becoming viable in 2020. Anyways, um, that's the world we live in. But you need somebody who can help you. We're stronger together. We're better together. We need to commit to have the pattern of a relationship with God's people. And a real relationship. The third thing is this. And we'll end up here. That's a lifestyle of worship. We have one life to live. 2020. How much growth would we see if we committed to having a pattern of worship in our lives? Passionate worship. Day after day after. Not just on Sunday mornings. But in our homes. And in our commutes, we turned off talk radio or sports radio, or whatever, and we turned on worship that reminds us of His power and of His goodness, and we get into God's presence. And it's a pattern in our lives. Consistency compounds. Getting into His presence. Man, there's, there's almost nothing like worship for getting into God's presence. I was listening to a preacher this week, and he talked about worship, and he was saying that the Greek word, or Hebrew, I don't remember which t- testament it was, but he's saying... 
The translation for the word worship there was to lick the back of someone's hand. And like, Wilma, let's get out of here. He's getting weird. Don't want to lick nobody's hand. But the idea he brought up, the picture of that word, was that of a dog. Anybody, any dog people in here? Man, when you come home, you start hearing those fingernails clacking on the on the floor, right? We got a big old Belgian Malinois. She's like 80 pounds. Like she knocks the blinds out of the way, you know, just to peek out the window at us. Then goes run to the door. Starts knocking her tail on the wall. Man, worship is that. I'm like, oh God, I've been waiting for you to show up. God, I've been waiting for a moment with you. You're my best friend. I love you so much. Some of us stroll into Sunday worship like cats. (laughs) Y'all know the look that cats give. What have you done for me lately? Today could be the day that the old pattern breaks and the new pattern begins. Seek in His presence. Again, it's not groundbreaking, but if you don't have a a worship playlist on your Apple Music or Spotify or a worship CD that you burned for 20th century, you know, like just... You need to get it. And you need to worship. And you need to make it a habit of every day getting into His presence and reminding yourself... Who is like the Lord? Strong in battle. Who is like the Lord? Mighty to save. Man, we need to remind ourselves of that and get into His presence and not not worship like cats, but worship like dogs. Man, we're just desperate for You, God. We're desperate for more of You. And the reality is this. I think our, our resident worship expert, Pastor Nick would probably say this as well, is that worship is so much more than music. Yes, let's make a habit of music and praise and worship, but man, if we want to have a lifestyle of worship that marks our life, it's a pattern on our life, it's so much more than music. It's so much more than music. Romans 12.1 says this. This is what true worship looks like. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, seeing how much He loves you and how much He's done for you, to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. This is your true worship. It's not just the song. Yes, it is the songs you sing, but it's not just the songs that you sing. It's your life. It's the way you speak to your husband or your wife. It's the way that you respond to your boss's memo. It's the way that you speak to your kids. It's the way that you live your life. It's the way that you offer up your weaknesses. It's the way you offer up your strengths to God. It's the way you give up everything to Him. Every single moment of your life can be worship. And if we put that into practice in our lives, we put that as a pattern in our lives, how would it mark 2020 for us? I love the story of Eric 
Liddell. If you've never heard of him before, he's a Scottish runner from the early 20th century. 1924 Olympics. He, did, he was a sprinter, so he did the 100 meter race, the 100 meter dash. It's a sprint, short race. And he was widely known to be the fastest man on the planet. Best at the 100 meter dash. And all the experts said that the 100 meter dash was for sure his. It was one of those like he just had to show up and he would win it. But Eric Liddell loved God. He had a relationship with Jesus. He worshipped Jesus with his whole life. Every single day. And his faith tradition said that the Sabbath was Sunday. And so he set aside, had a pattern in his life of every Sunday, he was just going to rest and worship God. He wasn't going to work. He wasn't going to do anything on Sundays. And so that was, that was, his, that was how, what he, how he decided he was going to worship on the Sabbath. Was he was just going to rest. And it came to the 1924 Olympics and it came to his event, the thing that he was sure to run away with, no pun intended, but it was all his. All he had to do was show up and he got there and the qualifying heat was scheduled for a Sunday. And they went to the Olympic committee and they said, hey, can we change it to another day? I mean, it wasn't even the race. Some of the people were encouraging, look, it's not even the race. It's just the heat. It's just the qualifier. Just run it. The actual race is on a different day. But he said to him, that's not the pattern I live by. I worship God every single day. And I choose to set aside Sunday as my day to worship. And instead of running in the race that he was absolute best at and was a sure thing to win the gold medal. He let someone else run it for him. And instead, he went to church that Sunday. He rested. And instead, he chose to run the 400 meter, which... For all of our math experts out there, it's four times longer. It's a completely different race. It takes completely different muscles. It takes a completely different mindset. But he said that he was going to run that instead. And Eric Liddell won the gold medal in the 400 meter. And he used the platform that he had to preach the gospel literally all over the world. He died in a Chinese prison camp during World War II preaching the gospel to the Chinese people because of the platform that was given to him for following God's pattern and not the world's pattern. And this is what he said. This is what he said about his running. What does that have to do with worship? He said this, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. For Eric, he said, man, when I run, I'm worshiping. When I do what God made me best at, I'm worshiping. It's not just songs on Sunday. It is songs. But man, it's how you live your life. It's how you give up what you're best at. That's what why we do Discovery and Dream Team. It's not just to put a feather in our cap. I don't, I don't get any bonuses for having more people in Discovery or Dream Team. It's because we know that you need a place where you can find what you're good at and give it up to God. That's... It's worship is a lifestyle. It's not just music. It's giving up everything that we have to God. It's worshiping him with everything that we have. And that leads to the last point is this, is that without knowing God and having a relationship with him, all these patterns are powerless. Without knowing God, everything that I've just said the past 
however long, is worthless to you if you don't know God. If you don't have a relationship with Him. Studying your Bible, it's fantastic. It can lead you into His presence, but... I don't know if anybody's had experience like this, but LSU had a religion teacher who knew the Bible better than most of the Christians in the class. Would school them on it. But she was a, an agnostic who didn't really even believe in God. She studied. But there wasn't any power there. Relationships. Relationships are so important and they define our lives so much, but... How much more incredibly powerful and meaningful are relationships when, it, when it's with another son or daughter of God who's not just encouraging you, but encouraging you in your faith. Who's not just saying, man, I'm thinking about you, but saying, I'm praying for you. Who's lifting you up before the throne of God, who's encouraging you. Man, there's power in our patterns when we know God and we have a relationship with Him. Because the reality is we all worship something. But when our worship is directed to the one true God that we know and we have an intimate relationship with, our worship is powerful. It leads us into his presence. Because with a living sacrifice, in a way it's easier, but in a way it's so much more challenging. Because in the old way they would worship, they would kill an animal and sacrifice it to God. Boom. Boom, in a matter of minutes, it was done. Then you could go back to your life. With a living sacrifice, nothing necessarily dies, but it's every single day, every single minute, every single second, putting ourselves on the altar before God. Saying, God, take this moment. If I've got one year to live, take this year. If I've got one week to live, take this week. I've got one life to live, take this life. First Peter chapter two says this because Romans 12 with living sacrifice is saying nothing necessarily dies, but something does die. It's the old patterns. It's the old you and the new patterns take over. You can walk in the new patterns and walk in new life. And this is what he says. He says, Jesus himself bore our sins, took his, took yours and my sins on him on the cross took the penalty of our old patterns, took the penalty of all the mistakes that we made, took the penalty of all the times that we just spit in God's face and lived our way instead of His, took all that on His body on the cross, that when He died, we might die to sins, die to the old pattern, die to the old way that's taken hold, and instead live for righteousness. Think of that butterfly. Think of that caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and the old pattern dies. It goes to sleep. It goes dormant. And it has no effect on the new creation. There's no influence anymore. He says, so that you could die to your sins and instead live for righteousness because it's by His wounds that you have been healed. For you are like sheep going astray, living your own pattern, going whichever way, pattern, habit, thing that made you feel good. But instead, now you've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls who will lead you in his pattern, 
who will lead you in His way, who will lead you into His presence, who will lead you into His goodness. And so many times I think we, we put off these things. If, if, you're, if you're a Christian in here, there's so many times we say, man, one day, one day I'm going to get serious with God. One day I'm going to read my Bible more. One day I'm going to pray more. One day I'm going to actually make that worship playlist. One day I'm actually, one day, one day, one day, one day, one day I'm going to do it. But anybody who's ever said one day about anything knows that that day don't ever come. So let's, I want to encourage you this morning in one thing. Stop saying one day and make today day one. It's not one day, it's day one. I might have said I'm going to get serious about God in 2020, but hey, it's February already. There's no shame. Today's day one. There's no shame. There's no guilt. Nobody's making you feel. Today's day one. Let's all make it to today, day one. And maybe if you're in here this morning and you're not a Christian, you stumbled in here, somebody invited you. And man, you, you just, you don't know why, but you find yourself nodding your head. You don't know why, but you feel yourself feeling something inside. You feel that you're agreeing. You want the new pattern. You want the old way to pass away. You want the new thing. I want to tell you something. It's not just goosebumps. It's not just a weird feeling. It's that God's presence is here and He's speaking to you and He's drawing you in. He's telling you right now in your heart, whether you know it or not, that you're a son, you're a daughter of God. And you weren't called, you weren't created to live the old pattern, the world's pattern that brings you down and pulls you away from Him. You were created for better things. Today He's telling you that you're a new creation. He wants to save you and redeem you. And if that's you in here this morning, we're not going to ask you to come down to the front or do anything that calls you out or anything. Oh, we just want to pray with you. We're going to lead you in a prayer that again, it's not the prayer necessarily, but it's your words and your heart meaning this prayer to God. Putting your faith in Him that trusts. That, 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 that's what saves you. Putting your faith and trust in Him, that's what saves you. So if that's you this morning, you say, man, I want the old pattern to go. I want, I want my sins forgiven. I, I need a new, fresh start in God. I, I'm tired of living my way. I want to put my faith in Him. I want to believe in Him. I want the new life. If that's you in here this morning, I'm going to count to three. There's no shame. Nobody's looking around. If everybody could bow your heads, close your eyes. No, nobody's looking around. There's no shame. But if that's you in here this morning, we just want to pray with you. So I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want you to raise your hands wherever you're at. Just so we can pray with you. One, God loves you. Two, he's calling you this morning. Three, go ahead and raise your hand this morning, wherever you're at. That's awesome, y'all. I see all five of those hands. Man, that's... Six, seven, eight. Man, that is fantastic. Anybody else, wherever you're at this morning, there's no shame. Good job. We are proud of you. It's the best decision that you will ever make in your life. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Church family, what I want to do, I'm going to pray and everybody in this room is going to say the words of these prayers. So you're not singled out. We support you. We're your family. We're your brothers and sisters. We love you. And when you say these prayers, it's not the words, it's your heart behind it. In faith, trusting Him. 
That's what saves you. It's your faith that you've been saved. So if everybody will bow your heads and let's pray these words out loud and help the eight who raised their hands this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for taking my sins on you. I thank you for paying the penalty of my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me new life. I believe in you. Today I die to the old way. I die to selfishness. I die to the old patterns that have held me back from you. And today I commit my life to you. Thank you, Jesus.